Liberian girl, you came and you changed my world. <laughs> I love so brand new. Liberian girl, you came and you changed me, girl. We're going to get sued. A feeling so true. Eliakim met the woman of his dreams, but his family didn't like the vision, so they decided the answer was to make some arrangements of their own and insert a girl from Ghana. The Ghanaian girl, Afi. The book, His Only Wife. And you're listening to Let Society. Let's get lit. Okay. Well, hi, readers. (laughs) This is Alexis. And this is Kari. And you're listening to Lit Society, a podcast about books and drama. I love Sorry. how you uh, twisted this book and made it from his point of view somehow. <laughs> that is so on brand. <laughs> I said, who is she talking to? Oh, okay. Not our protagonist. That's a different way to go. I like it. Well, we got to mix it up sometime. <laughs> we got to mix it up. Mm-hmm. How you doing? What's your week been like? Oh, good. You know, um, no complaints. Uh, we did good. have a blizzard here in Chicago. Uh, so several was, of them, didn't we? Shoot. Yeah, right. We had several <laughs> blizzards. It's true. Uh, so my job never closes and the offices and the um, uh, there's also a retail division actually closed uh, a couple locations. Wow. So, yeah, uh, it, but it's been great. I love being home. You know that. Mm-hmm. We share that in common. Mm-hmm. What about you? How's your week been going? What's new with you? Uh, I have a job similar to yours. It was like, come on in. We'll feed you if you come. So come on. <laughs> come on in. You might die so. on the way, but there will be drinks when you get here. What? No, I got they drinks value <laughs> our safety. So they don't want us driving out there. But the office oh. is open in case you do want to come. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Don't forget, that's important. <laughs> also, I took part in a mindfulness um, coloring challenge. Okay. Coloring Explain. Challenge. Well, our my job gave us coloring books, and we were able to color in these mindfulness coloring books and then submit something. Oh, they well, know my- they're stressing y'all out. <laughs> I ain't never heard of my, this. <laughs> this my, is a law uh, firm, you say. Okay. Didn't quite make it. My submission didn't quite make Ooh. it, but um And they made it a competition. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I did win a weighted blanket and I look forward oh. to receiving that. Have you had so, one before? No, no. No, I've I been wanting hear, one. Yeah, me neither. So I've heard they're amazing. I can't wait. But let's move on. Okay. We're gonna move on. Each week, we select a theme to discuss inspired by the book we're reading. This week's theme is Arranged Marriages and Bride Price. Oh, and okay. The okay. I, we talked about child marriages before, right? Yeah. And I'm not talking about those, okay? And they don't actually, they fall under the category of forced marriages. And forced marriages are not arranged marriages. They're different. Very right? different, Right. An arranged marriage is a union between a bride and groom. So I'm only talking about adults um, that are selected by individuals other than the couple. That could be family members, community elders, religious leaders, or matchmakers, like professional matchmakers. Mm -hmm. It could be those people. Whole reality shows based on this. Uh Uh-huh. 
Actually, it could be a reality show. (laughs) It could be, yeah. It is a reality show. The Matchmaker. I think there is, but I couldn't find it. I I don't think I got the name right. Of what? The Matchmaker show? No, the not the Matchmaker show. A show about arranged marriages. I thought there was one. I mean... Ah, sure. How about Married at First Sight? Listen, y'all, I don't want y'all to think I be watching trash, but somehow I know the titles of these shows. Um, 60 Day Fiance is borderline. It's not an arranged marriage, um, but some of it is a little like, how did you get here in this position? So Mm. that one, I mean, really married at first sight. That's an arranged marriage by a TV show. And they get married. Yeah, it's crazy. They get married the first day they meet each. They meet each other on their wedding day at the okay quote that's unquote, an arranged altar. marriage but who who's making the selection the they got television a show so the producers the, the producers, producers oh, were right. supposedly work with matchmakers and so oh. yeah mm-hmm. okay all right so yeah. well what the standard I'm, I'm a, I'll try the word standard arranged marriages those um, arranging the marriage they take into consideration the personality of the perspectives the community their background they consider the appearance of the individuals and their health like they don't put um, not ugly people together because wow. <laughs> you know I don't believe in that but they don't put like short and tall people together a, a tall woman with a short man well you that's that, weird that then yeah, we so. wouldn't have Zendaya and Tom Holland and they like my favorite couple <laughs> <laughs> okay but that's not an arranged marriage they just made that choice themselves yeah okay so they're uh, they're being. I don't a lot know what they're doing over there at Disney and uh, Marvel Studios, <laughs> but go ahead. Some reasons for arranged marriages could include um, religious or cultural issues, um, preservation of wealth, or the formation of political alliances. Those are all common reasons um, for arranged marriages, and arranged marriages are said to be more stable than those that um, follow Western dating practices. Yeah, that's a bit. I've heard that. However, mm-hmm. in a lot of cultures where arranged marriages are common, divorce is less common, and there mm-hmm. can be um, consequences, repercussions from society for those who are divorced. So, yeah. yeah that's the point. The marriages tend to last longer in any society where divorce is not available. Who knows what's happening in all those marriages? And sometimes, yeah, it is, you know, you do hear like wonderful stories of people Mm -hmm. who are in a quote unquote arranged marriage, but then fall in love like the parents on Downton Abbey. Oh, I wasn't (laughs) I didn't watch Downton Abbey, so I don't um, know. But is that what happened there? Yeah, they basically they got after. married for money. Um, and oh. this is true, like a lot of tangential, a lot of uh, wealthy women, American women were marrying Englishmen with titles because England's, um, you know, financial, the, the economy was belly up, but they wanted mm. to keep appearances. So they would get their money from their brides, these mm. American women that wanted titles Oh, um, American women. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Well, that's very interesting. It's all very interesting. (laughs) Um, A marriage, arranged marriages were common throughout the world until the 18th century. And there's been a decline in prosperous countries um, with social mobility and, of course, individualism. 
Okay. Yeah. And financial, there's no, if there's no financial draw to arrange a marriage, that was one big thing in a lot of countries is to keep the money in a certain society or circle. So yeah, yeah, that makes Mm -hmm. sense. The practice is still alive and well though. And so in South Asia, Middle East and African countries. I got some friends that would love to be in an arranged marriage. I mean, I think as I read about it, it sounds like it might be exciting. I mean, a lot of factors come into play, right? Just like finding a a mate, a partner on your own. Uh, You want that person to have love and respect for you to share your Mm -hmm. values. It's the same in an arranged marriage. And honestly, if he's like really cute and he (laughs) shares your values. uh, Yeah, I mean, who would care? (laughs) Don't like, say who would care. <laughs> this, you know, it, it might be a good thing, right? Uh, yeah, I'm sure if someone was like, Alexis, you know, uh, there's this gentleman. You might think he's married, but he's not. And we would like to arrange a marriage for you. He shares your values, which you also may not have known. His name is Idris Elba. Alexis would be like, huh? Yes, today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Set it up. No is necessary. <laughs> Also, no bride price required. Right. I'm you in. got another family? That ain't my business. <laughs> it doesn't apply to me. It doesn't apply to me. How does he treat me when we're together? <laughs> That's important. And do okay. I have a flat? Do I have a flat? Do I have a flat? <laughs> do uh, I have okay. a flat? Okay. You were touched That's on the butt. That's man. <laughs> anyway, some advantages. It eliminates advantages of arranged marriages it eliminates the stress of trying to find a life partner it keeps parents involved in the relationships it creates harmony with both families these are benefits yeah (laughs) and it (laughs) i got confused by the way you was defining (laughs) benefits are you do you mean benefit do you know what a benefit is this is stress related to finding a life partner a lot of women are out here stressed out because of that Can I tell you, I'm so stressed when my parents um, are not involved in my marriage. (laughs) (laughs) I'm always saying, get your parents involved. (laughs) That's at the (laughs) beginning. That's at the beginning, at the beginning, at the beginning. But you know what? Scratch you because in some cultures that's value. Just because you don't value it. Name one. (laughs) (laughs) It's not valued by everybody. Go ahead. I know you got useful information. Please continue. And most importantly, the emphasis is not on emotion. Okay. Now that's the real emotion out Mm -hmm. of it. And I think that's important. You can make better decisions that way. Not all wrapped up in emotion. What a thing to say. You can choose a life partner. You're better equipped to choose a life partner when emotions aren't involved. But I don't hear the lie. (laughs) I'm going to be thinking about that all day. Y'all tell us what y'all think about what Alexis just said. Uh, Let us know on Instagram or email. Oh, also, if whether or not parents should be involved in relationships. No, I don't need your thoughts on that. (laughs) Curry has a problem with it, I think. Here's some disadvantages. I a got man some. will leave his mother and his father <laughs> and stick to who? His mama? That don't make sense. Now he done left him. 
the family they're gonna stick all together now that i do agree with yes actually it's okay. my dream as i'm lying over here to have my my uh it was my dream to have my parents and my husband's parents like live with us in really? a multi-flat building you're serious? Yeah, that would I be think great. I heard you say that before too. Because you each have your own living space, you all have your own privacy, and as long as everyone respects each other's privacy, yeah, I mean, for real, if you love your family and they're not intrusive, who don't want to be around them as much as possible? So, like, my parents lived in another state. My husband's parents live in another state. Yeah, it'd be nice if we all lived together um, in our own private areas in but a, like in a very compound. close in a mm. compound yeah mm-hmm. a lot of cultures have family compounds and i love that idea yeah as long as you mind your business everyone involved that's something i'd have to adapt to okay <laughs> this is your issue okay? would just be people not necessarily <laughs> that they're family you're like Ugh, more people okay yeah, all people. right go ahead we like 50 minutes in the show oh boy limits <laughs> Um, the disadvantages include limits to your choice of partner. Okay. Um, it takes out personal accountability when the relationship doesn't go well. Mm. And, and it forces you to live with a stranger and, and it increases the risk of child marriages. Now, there are plenty more advantages and disadvantages. I just picked up a few I wanted to include in this chat. That's all. Yeah, and I would think, too, there's a, a greater risk of um, women being abused mm-hmm. because um, from what I know, societies where uh, arranged marriages are typical also don't have a strong emphasis on women's rights. Um, mm. There's um, a, there's protests going on recently in parts of India uh, where um, marital assault will be outlawed, like people can't marital wrap their mind. assault? Yeah, sexual assault of a husband, oh, okay. of a wife by a husband mm-hmm. would actually be against the law. And men's rights groups are protesting uh, this this possible law. Uh, so, yeah, that that's something I would think of. Like, is my daughter, is my friend safe in this mm-hmm. new home of mm-hmm. hers? Yep, that's something to consider. Um, let's see. All right, let's talk a little bit about the bride price. That's that money, goods, livestock given to the bride's family by the groom. The bride price served to compensate the family for the loss of their daughter's labor. It's also established um, that the bride was engaged and will be moving from her father's care and protection to that of a husband. The value of the bride price varies from place to place and family to family, and it depends on social status, education, and many other factors. In um, some countries, the bride price is established by law, and I think that helps with um, things getting outrageous. Yeah, regulation. and requests, that helps with that. Now, the dowry, you're familiar with dowry, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, people, um, I think, think they use dowry and bride price interchangeably, but the dowry is the price the bride's family pays the groom. Yeah, it's the same thing, but different the other side. Yeah, for real, side. it's the bride's family paying for the wedding. <laughs> we do that here. <laughs> Let's stop acting like we don't. A lot of <laughs> traditional families, quote unquote, do that. And, and that's what's um, pro- replaced with the um, traditional way of marriage, I think. That's mm-hmm. what that is, a replacement of that. Okay, so I got a couple of stories I want to share. Ooh. 
um, back in 2013, about um, Bright Price. Back in 2013, a Yemeni um, poet by trade, and he was popular on the internet in his home country. He decided to have his prospective son-in-law prove his worth as a future husband rather than pay a bride price. And so what did he have to do, Kari? Can you guess? He had to, he challenged him to some like physical uh, fitness type of like gladiators type of thing. No, he had to <laughs> accumulate 1 million likes on Facebook. Ugh, gross. <laughs> gross. <laughs> and Facebook? Forget it. It ain't worth the marriage. Don't marry in this family. Did they, did he get them? But that was back in 2013. You know, things are different mm, now. Facebook been a scary place for a long time. <laughs> I believe that too. I, I really do. Anyway, um, he had become, the father had become fed up with the spiraling um, prices for the bride price. And I think in this case, it might have been a dowry or something because, it, like I said, they use bride price and dowry interchangeably. But it, he said it's getting out of control. If he was being paid, I don't think he would have had a problem, you know? Yeah, <laughs> something he had to give. He didn't want to yeah. give. Well, maybe, mm-hmm. I don't know. Okay. I, I don't know either. Yeah. But anyway, um, People tried to raise money to help him meet the bride price so they could prevent this. But the Facebook page is no longer active. So we don't really know what the outcome was. But that was a thing. OK, I can he tell you what the outcome was. An <laughs> unhappy marriage. <laughs> uh, here's one. Back in 2000. A Kenyan man offered 20 cows and 40 goats for Chelsea Clinton's hand in marriage. Chelsea would have been um, about 20 at the time. And Hillary promised that she would make sure she passed that message on to her daughter. Um, and that's an, so that's ridiculous. Well, I'm not going to judge. <laughs> However, um, sometimes with these arranged marriages, the bride and groom do have a say. The arrangement is that we we are bringing you this person. You can say, nah, I think that's kind of like, <laughs> I don't know. I, I find that easier to swallow because then you got people out there doing your bidding with your best interests in mind as far as they're concerned. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're just bringing you people. <laughs> and then, you know, after you turn down the second Wait one, they might get a little exasperated. That sounds like a bachelorette thing. They but just bringing like you people. <laughs> this is bachelorette. This just is bringing you people. Come on like in. This. Next, next. Try this exactly. one out. Try this one out. But they only gonna like. give you one season before they make you marry somebody, <laughs> and it might be your cousin. So just keep that in mind. Well, we know Chelsea didn't marry that man, but there was a journalist. I don't know. That ain't my business. (laughs) Chelsea didn't marry that man. Did they know each other? Were they in love? (laughs) No, no, that wasn't the case. I don't know. Because um, the man was from Kenya, in Kenya, and made the request. Um, there was Come a journalist on, you, that you tried don't think to follow she ever the visited story. Kenya? You're making a lot of assumptions. <laughs> no, 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 no. That is not the point here. You're missing it. Uh, Hillary had to go back home because her daughter would have been in school at the time and make that proposal. Anyway, a journalist was trying to follow the story. He followed up with Hillary and he even wrote a letter to Bill Clinton to see if they had made the proposal to Chelsea. 
Um, but they never responded. So we and don't Bill know. was like, ooh, would the blacks love me even more? <laughs> nah, that's okay. Don't do it, Chelsea. <laughs> okay, here's another one. Kari, I'm gonna need your help with this one. And when I say the words, I hope you know it automatically. Keep your watches in mind, okay? Mm. A newly married woman is filing for a divorce from her husband after discovering that the Swiss Swiss luxury watch she received um, as her bride price was a fake. I mean, if it's her bride price, I'm going to say Patek. Mm-mm-mm. It was a Rolex. I'm going to give you. Well, this could be apply to all of them. Uh, no, it says um, those watches priced between five thousand and twelve thousand. OK, so it's Rolex. Show show. Shapar? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So it, it says Swiss luxury watch. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's right. Okay. Okay. Anyway, when she found, she found out when she took it to get some repairs and they was like, nope, this ain't real. And <laughs> she would have like uh, passed that on to their children as like an heirloom in the family. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't marry him either because of the deceit. Give me a mm. Timex, whatever. <laughs> well, nah, because no, nah, I'm not going to lie. The got into a heated <laughs> argument, and that's when she said, I want a divorce. And she is demanding the real value of the watch be paid her as compensation. I don't know. That makes sense to me. Mm, it sounds reasonable. <laughs> it, an annulment is in line, not a divorce. An annulment. You mm. have misled me, starting with the bride price. Yeah, and then terrible. I. Final story is back in 2017, Somalian men were protesting marriage because the bride prices were so high. Mm. They said it was too high to even get married. The prices had escalated to one million. And I think this is um, um, Kenyan shillings, uh, which is equivalent to nine thousand U.S. dollars. And then while the religious leaders were trying to um, regulate it and keep the prices at 50,000 king and shilling, which is about 500 and actually more reasonable. Mm. So that is the story of arranged marriages and bride prices. Kyrie, you got any additional information to share? Yeah. Um, like you said in the opening, an arranged marriage is very different from an arra- arrangement where a child is forced to marry an adult. While that can happen within arranged marriages, that's not what arranged marriages were about. And um, as Americans, we cannot look down our noses on societies and cultures that have arranged marriages when we either would benefit from doing the same thing or we do the same thing on TV for entertainment. On TV for entertainment. Which is so much more like disrespectful to the institution of marriage, right? Isn't it? Let me say that. Let me say that. Why don't we take a quick break before we jump into the author and context? All righty. And we're back. Kari, Kari, Kari. Can you give us a little information about our author and maybe some context? Sure. Peace Adjo Medea is brilliant, period. She's a Liberian-born Ghanaian scholar and writer of both fiction and nonfiction. She's got a degree in, (laughs) here we go, geography, international studies, and public and international affairs. 
This is a fiction writer with a very strong academic mind. Not common, um, as I try to tell myself. Um, So as a child, she'd write her own stories because she felt like she'd ran out of books to read for mental engagement. She was like, these books are boring. I'm going to write my own stories. And as a teenager reading Gabriel Garcia Marquez's 100 Years of Solitude, she realized that um, books can help people to understand your inner thoughts and convey like emotion. And that really captivated her. She changed her writing style at that time. As a teenager. Yeah, uh, I was getting ready to re-ask that. Was she a teenager? Yeah. Yeah. So Medier worked as a research fellow at the University of Ghana and a postdoctoral research fellow at Princeton University's uh, Woodrow Wilson School of Public and International Affairs. She is now a senior lecturer in gender and international politics at the University of Bristol in the United Kingdom. Her work was awarded the 2012-2013 African Affairs African Author Prize. In 2020, Medier published her first book, the scholarly work Global Norms and Location Action, the Campaigns to End Violence Against Women in Africa. It deals with post-conflict states' response to violence against women. In addition to her academic work, she's produced several works of short fiction. Here's a quote from her. Um, this was in an interview conducted by Penn.org. She says, I'm very interested in presenting the truth of people who are not centered in mainstream narratives, but also... I'm fascinated by how we construct our version of truth, by how two people can have the same experience and not only describe it differently, but also believe that their vision is the or their version is the only truth. Mm. And reading this quote made me think of our protagonist in the book, how someone else would have um, accepted her life, her role Mm -hmm. and loved it. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. her truth was different. Um, as we'll get into uh, than another woman's may have been. In 2020, uh, our author published her debut novel, His Only Wife, which we're featuring today. And it deals with the struggles of modern marriage in Ghana and the interconnecting lives of three women. Which three women would you say we're focusing on, Alexis? Um, Afi. Mm-hmm. And the mother the mother-in-law mm, I like that I like that the mother-in-law mm-hmm. and I guess Muna I okay guess. well uh, this description says it's Afi Evelyn and Muna Evelyn they're contemporaries yeah they're contemporary women I guess all so. serving mm-hmm. all um kind of um, discovering themselves at the same time if that mm. makes sense mm-hmm. kind of Yeah. So um, the book we're covering today, His Only Wife, was a New York Times book review editor's choice, a New York Times uh, notable book of 2020 and a Time magazine must read book of 2020. It is a a little over a year old, so I'm still going back and forth if I'm going to spoil the ending. But I have to say it's not about the ending. This is Mm -mm. a character based book. So, um, yeah, we'll get into that. And one final quote from our author, which I appreciate it. She says, one of the reasons I wrote His Only Wife was that I was hungry for stories of black women just living their lives and doing regular things. And Mm. that made me love her. So, yeah, that's Peace at Joe Medea. I love it. Thank you. Um, Let's hear a brief synopsis without spoilers before we jump into our deep dive. 
Now, you know, I don't know what a synopsis is. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. But this is what I have. <laughs> His Only Wife is a book about searching for happiness and peace in a world that dismisses you and preys on your innocence. It is set in Ghana, but its themes are universal as we all desire love and acceptance in the manner we deserve. Our story follows Afi as she learns what she will tolerate from the people in her life and what she's willing to risk for the sake of her sanity. That's not a synopsis, is it? Alexis, uh, what were your <laughs> first thoughts of this book? Uh, you know, I don't be reading into books before I get them. You know that. So it's pretty much the cover for me. And I didn't know anything about this book until you mentioned it to me. But I like the book cover. Right. Mm -hmm. I like the book cover and the title is intriguing. OK, right. I was ready to dive in. Right. Right. How about you? Who do you think would enjoy reading this book? Well, first, when I picked up the, this book, I was like, is this uh, the other black girl, but his only black girl? <laughs> <laughs> Did you really? It's Did you really? <laughs> it's not, you guys. I was happy to find it is a completely different story entirely. And I think that if you. Um, OK, so mm, marketing, uh, this book is um, being praised as uh, an African version of Crazy Rich Asians. <laughs> And oh. I will say, if you enjoy okay. Crazy Rich Asians, a part of you that enjoyed that book will also love this book. But they're very different. <laughs> Their mm -hmm. goals are different. The message is different. Crazy Rich Asians is like great bubblegum pop fiction. <laughs> this does have a message that is a little more uh, pervasive. It's more um, it's trying to get to something serious. So if you're into that, if that sounds interesting to you all those words I just spewed out, then I think you would like this book. Well, that was great. Okay. Well, are you ready to take this spoiler-filled deep dive into His Only Wife? I am. Let's go. Okay. So like I said earlier, I am going to touch on some plot points, but when you read the book, um, and readers, we know you've already read the book. Uh, y you're going to get different things out of it. Shout out to my friends who did not read the book. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy the storytelling here. Okay. <laughs> Part one, married in absentia. So the opening line is perfect. It creates urgency. It tells you why you're at this part of the story. And that line is, Ellie Kim married me in absentia. He did not come to our wedding. This was a traditional, not a church wedding, which means it's not legally binding in the strictest sense. But some couples never have a legal wedding um, or receive their marriage certificate. And everyone knows they're married and it's just it's solidified enough in their mind. I know you and I would never go for this. We believe in everything being legal and on paper. Um, however, I understand this. This is a common law marriage type of thing where everyone in the community knows you're married. And because your whole world is the community, you don't feel the need to do anything uh, necessarily legally. And can I add that in, in some country, countries, this process that they went through, is legal. True. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so in this case, it is not. However, yeah, you're right. In some cultures, this um, community marriage acceptance thing is enough. Um, however, this was an event that made the union recognizable before Afi's family 
and their God, and that was enough. It's not about the groom or even the bride. It's about the families. And everyone at Afi's wedding is happy for different reasons, including the gifts that they expect to get from the groom's wealthy family. So Afi is not wealthy. She doesn't necessarily come from wealth. The groom's family is uh, the crazy, crazy rich Africans in this story. (laughs) Okay, that's who they are. So the bride's uncle sits at um, sits as like a crass substitute father for Afi. He's entitled. He's inconsiderate. He wants everyone to like kiss his feet. This is the uncle. okay? And then his daughter, Mousy, is the cousin closest to our bride, to Afi. And she's handling makeup. Uh, The women are all like bustling around, cooking, cleaning, caretaking. The bride understands her responsibility. So while all of this is going on, she's thinking about how she's being used as a key to make her and other, to not make her, to make other people happy. The cousin, Mm -hmm. Mousy, reassures Afi, everyone says the groom is a good man. So don't worry. No, he's not here at the wedding. He doesn't need to be here. (laughs) Everything is fine. And so actually, I read that that is commonplace, too, that he don't show up and they do many weddings where they're absent. Mm, Interesting. All right. Well, let's talk about the bride's background. Her family was once wealthy and envied by both friends and family. Family members would even try to force their way into her parents' pockets and a house, which we'll talk about a little later. (laughs) When her father died, however, that loud uncle that I said was acting entitled at the wedding, um, he was happy to act as her substitute father on this day, on her wedding day, Mm. but wouldn't even give her and her mother a place to live when her dad died, even though he inherited her father's property as his brother. He was happy to receive the money and gifts associated with this marriage. And he kept saying, I'm her father, I'm her father. Mm -hmm. But he never acted as a father, even a caring family member. More on that later also. By the way, her father would have insisted she obtain a marriage certificate um, as a legal marker of her marriage as he had with her mother. The only um, one, the only person she remembers being kind to them growing up was a woman she calls auntie which is common in most cultures, you know, a family friend um, that is older, this is like your mom's age, you call them auntie. So no, they're not related, but um, I'll refer to her as auntie throughout the book. Um, auntie is the mother of the groom. She was known for her generosity throughout the community. And auntie was also president of the Women's Guild. She was respected and admired by everyone for her station. And again, her just uh, hospitality and generosity and giving, 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 publicly giving. The wedding was auntie's idea. And Afi's mother sees it as an opportunity to repay auntie for all her years of kindness to her and her daughter. Um, and and an opportunity to like do their duty to auntie. They feel very um, in her debt because she was the one who gave them a house to live in. She gave the mom a job. Um, The highlight of the wedding, going back to that, is the gift giving. And the uncle is wrongly congratulated for like raising such a wonderful woman. Mm -hmm. But it's kind of hinted that uh, the groom's family knows he didn't do nothing. Mm -hmm. But just to keep up appearances and not embarrass him in this moment, Mm -hmm. they give him a very nice gift. Um, you know, and then everyone else in the family and her family gets a gift. The uncle is thrilled to like receive a reward for a job he's never done. 
caring for Afi as a father. They give gifts to the mother and they kind of insinuate like, we know you've done the real work to raise Afi. So here's some gifts for you, your cousins, aunties, gifts, gifts and more gifts. Mm -hmm. The mother tells Afi, you have removed my shame. God bless you, my daughter. Mm. Question for you, Alexis, is the bride happy in this moment? What do you think? No, there's another word for um, what she is. She because she's not. She's got emotion, but it doesn't have to do with happiness. Mm. While she um, appreciates being able to take that shame away from her mother by this marriage, she's got so many other emotions going on related to where, why isn't my husband here? What was so important that he couldn't be here? That was a business thing. Yeah. Yeah, um, he said he had some business to take care of. He wouldn't make it. And she knows him. Like, she knows him like he's a family friend. But she don't know him, know him. Yeah. So he's still, like, moving in with a stranger. Mm-hmm. So I, I I don't have the word. But, um, no, happiness is not the word I would say. I would yeah, use. I agree with you. So let's get into who the groom is. Auntie insists that her son, Ellie, is thrilled to marry Afi. Afi and Ellie. Oh, that sounds so cute together. Poor Afi and wealthy Ellie um, share a brief conversation via phone. He was in Hong Kong and apologized for not making the wedding, a last minute change in plans, business that required his attention, yada, yada. Um, I think he's like 13 years older than her also, right? Okay, you're shaking your head. Mm -hmm. Okay, good. I'm glad I got that because he attended secondary school 13 years before her, she says. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's an age difference there. He's very more, uh, more worldly, more experienced, and she's just very... Mm, innocent in a lot of ways because of her age. She's just unknowing about a lot of things uh, in the world. Um, He's a university grad, successful, even compared to his siblings who are all successful. He's like extremely successful. He's also his mother's favorite, like the star of the family. One day he'd own her father's property, just like in a Jane Austen book. Her (laughs) father's property would belong to him because women can't inherit like that. So one day he would own her father's property and the institution that employed her mother because that institution belongs to his mother. So he would own all of that and she don't even really know him. Um, he was nearly her like whole world and he wasn't even at their wedding. Mm -hmm. Also, he's like, fine. And fit. Probably Idris Elba like by. Oh, come on. <laughs> now he's young. And he's like, <laughs> you know, come on. Bro. <laughs> Idris, Idris could be his dad, okay? Moving no. on. Your rightful place. So at the end of the wedding, Afi climbs into the backseat of this car between her mother and auntie. And auntie reminds her of her duties and the need for her to live in her husband's home. Okay, mm-hmm. so we gonna go back to your mama's house now, where all your stuff is. But then you gonna get your stuff, <laughs> and you gonna move into your husband's home. You are his wife now. Ugh. Okay, auntie, I think I know how it works. So what went unsaid, but what they all knew is that her main duty was to separate Ellie from the Liberian woman that was already taking the place reserved for a wife in his life. That woman was keeping everyone up at night and she had to be corrected. Part two. Oh, interesting. You said corrected. Okay. Yes. Okay. (laughs) 
Growing up needing. So mm-hmm. back to when her father was alive. He was a good dad. And he was a good husband. But his brother was selfish. He had a whole bunch of wives that he wasn't taking care of with a whole bunch of kids that he wasn't taking care of. His brother was future. So his brother came to their home one day <laughs> and demanded that he let their nephews and nieces and even more family members live with them. So her uncle came to the house and was like, my kids should live here with y'all. There's room. And the dad was like, we don't really have room for all your brood. And the um, uncle was like, what do you mean? You have a living room, a veranda, a kitchen. People can stay everywhere. They'd have a roof over their head. <laughs> mm, <laughs> like you ain't putting mm, a roof over their head. Oh. Um, so Afi's mother, like in the back room, loudly protested and refused as she should. Right. And the father agreed with his wife. He he um, conceded, whatever. He agreed to pay for the children's schooling, mm. but he wasn't going to allow all them kids that wasn't his to live with them. Okay? That's reasonable. That's reasonable. So reasonable. Fast forward, though, when the father died, the uncle actually relished kicking out Afi and her mom mm. and mm-hmm. renting out their home. He felt justified in this revenge, as did so many family members who weren't allowed to mooch off of them. <laughs> so the dad died and the family's like, oh, let's see how she's going to make it now. Mm. It's insane. So um, Afi was snatched out of private school after her dad died and thrown into an overcrowded public school. They were once comfortable in middle class and now couldn't afford food. They ended up sharing beds with other family members eating from another woman's pot, which I think is a great um, word picture when auntie kind of swooped in and saved them. So Mm -hmm. auntie put them in a... um, very very modest house where they still had to share beds and things but at least they had some place to stay auntie gave her mom a job um so all of this is by auntie's hands auntie Mm -hmm. is the one doing what family members should so they feel indebted to her especially the mom but afi had dreams of her own you know she was working as a stream seamstress after school but she wanted to be a designer with her own collection and she was good Mm -hmm. well One day she arrives home to find her mother in a very serious mood. And her mother had news for her, secret news. She's like, don't tell anybody. Secrets. And Afi's like, okay, mama, what? Auntie is sending a car over to pick up some pictures of you. Because I guess Instagram (laughs) don't exist. Um, She couldn't just go out to Facebook and get no pictures. (laughs) because she is going to pass your pictures around the family and um, once they approve you're going to marry her son Ellie and you will learn to love him he will learn to love you Afi was 21 years old and she'd be the bride of an arranged marriage Mm -hmm. part three the new wife and the woman So Ellie's sister uh, visited Afi. Her name's Yaya, as in um, America's Next Top Model Mm -hmm. uh, uh, finalist. Um, And while uh, Yaya is visiting Afi in Afi's mother's house. So listen, there is this like feeling of being poor and not being ashamed until someone very wealthy sees you in your poorness. Mm -hmm. So... Afi is privately after her wedding, I think a few days after her wedding, in her childhood room with her cousin, Mousy. 
And she's basically naked because she had just taken a shower and in barges in her new sister-in-law. Um, and she's covered only by a towel in a very poor house in front of this very glamorous woman. And she's very insecure. Um, she's very vulnerable, like literally naked in the bedroom she shares with her cousin in front of money. So Yaya is glamorous and gorgeous. She hugs her new sister and reminds her that the woman has caused the family pain. Afi will free their brother from the woman and free all of them. So Yaya is like, we're grateful to you because you're going to save our brother. And we lo- we love this idea of you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So she was Afi's- the savior of their family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Afi's optimistic that she'll fall in love with Ellie because he's fine. Um, and her with him because, you know, she's going to do the best she can by that man. She also is not giving up her dreams, though. So in her heart, she's like, I want to open my own boutique. I don't care how that sounds. I'm talented and I still want to be a businesswoman, but I'm going to be a great wife. And, you know, Auntie was kind to her and would be a wonderful mother-in-law, she figures, because Auntie had already been a wonderful friend to her and her mom. Right. Um, and she owed Auntie and she was happy to repay her debt. Afi is driven to her new home in a dramatic scene where, she, you know, it's a long distance from the home she grew up in to this new wealthy, um, like gated community. Her new home is basically a condo. That she'll share with her husband, which is already like, hmm, he's super wealthy and y'all going to live in a really nice condo, which, yeah, OK, that's that not wrong with that. Okay. No, no, but this isn't New York. Like there are houses, <laughs> but y'all going to live in a really nice condo. I don't know. It's kind of red flag. <laughs> servants arrive to collect her belongings the property's gated magnificent those there's an ele- uh, elevator inside and there's this cute scene where um she don't want to let nobody know she ain't never rode on the elevator <laughs> so when the door is open on their floor she like hops out like whoo and everyone's <laughs> like oh she's so excited to be married <laughs> So her mother comes with her on this trip to her new flat. And she's also um, accompanied by Richard, who's Ellie's brother. Um, Inside are all appliances she'd ever need, could ever imagine. And they're set neatly in the kitchen. It's like a luxury hotel of a home. Only one thing is missing. The husband. Insert red flag here. (laughs) <laughs> the husband and all his stuff <laughs> ain't none of his stuff there ain't none a hairbrush ain't a do-rag ain't a toothbrush ain't no Jordans mm-hmm. huh yeah so he kept nothing in this home Afi starts asking questions and her mother glares at her and calls her ungrateful under her breath like you ungrateful little brat you better shut up this is beautiful <laughs> Question. <laughs> what are you thinking now if you're Afi Alexis? And is her mother cold or is her reaction to the home and situation justified? Is Afi's reaction justified? <laughs> the mom's, but uh yeah, well, what would you think if you were in this situation? I would be just like Afi, like what oh he oh he he'll live here? Now y'all ain't telling me something. What something is, is going missing. on? <laughs> Something yeah. is going on. And so, you know, her mother and her had a really good relationship. But now her mother somehow seems to have turned. And not that they don't have a good yes. relationship anymore, but she's turned now into this. Um, your goal is to accomplish this mission and nothing else. We no longer friends. I'm your mama and you're going to treat me as such. 
Sorry I ain't one of your that. little friends. All I care I about ain't one is of your you, little friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is you doing well by auntie? Mm-hmm. So Afi is feeling lost. The servants arrive to clean, but her mother, who is staying at the new home with her temporarily, insists that her and Afi should clean because maybe this is a test and they want to see if you'll just sit around and let other people clean your house. Yes. So they clean yes, it I all will day. Do that. So they're cleaning all day to pass this hypothetical test. Um, Afi can't help but envy, quote unquote, the woman who has it much easier than she does. So the woman, who is the woman? Let's talk about it. When his mom was sick, Ellie was like the son that came home from school to take care of her. He was sensitive. He was a good boy. And this woman is the betrayal that was impossible to understand for his family. Mm -hmm. Ellie's older brother once sent him to Liberia to handle business for him. And Ellie met a woman there, a secretary. The brother began seeing the woman in Ellie's car. And then he saw him in the house. He saw her in the house that uh, Ellie and uh, Richard, the brother Richard, shared together. And no one had an explanation. And the brother was like, um, who is this woman in the house? <laughs> the brother Richard confides in Affie and her mother that the woman has a masculine body. She's tall like a man. Ew. She also drinks and smokes and has sickly children, which I thought was a low blow. <laughs> it was a low blow. It was a low blow. What? It was. Mm-hmm. What's worse, she shows no respect for Ellie's family. Mm. She's trapped her brother, likely with voodoo, and tricked him into falling in love with her. Mm-hmm. She's had the child of a rich man and knew what she was doing from the beginning. So um, when the child was born, the woman wouldn't allow the family to perform any spiritistic like rituals. And Ellie's mother was insulted and like flew back home immediately. That baby died days later. And the family's like, oh! You see, you know, this is obviously a witch and her witchy baby died. They're like really heartless. Um, The woman made no effort to woo over the family even after the baby died. Um, Ellie told the family, look, I'm going to leave her. Okay, don't worry. But then it turns out she got pregnant again. Funny how that happened when folks be leaving. Well, anyway, the child was born. It was a girl named Ivy. She too is sickly. I think she has sickle cell anemia. Mm -hmm. Um, They moved Ellie, the woman, and Ivy moved to Ghana. Because remember, they were in Liberia to be close to his family at uh, Ellie's behest because he's like she needs the baby needs family um, she's sick often you know and she just needs family to love on her Ellie insists that the family would come around and that the woman would also come around so y'all all gonna love each other just wait his mom when she when she heard this was like yes we will we will all love each other and then secretly she started planning his marriage to Afi <laughs> that really happened the waiting. So there's this feeling that Afi must remain beautiful, c- always cooking, always cleaning, just in case Ellie came home one day. The perfect wife. That's what she was supposed to be. For and an waiting. Abs- absent <laughs> husband. Mm-hmm. How exhausting. Afi's mother didn't even want her to leave to go shopping. She would be like, I want to go to the market and buy. You need to what? What if he comes home? <laughs> This is modern day. Okay. It ain't like telephones don't exist. Okay. On the compound is a series of flats. So remember we said they live in this really nice condo. Um, Together it's called King's Court. Okay. Um, And 
Amongst its occupants are like these uh, kept women and second families of respectable men. So Afi is learning who her neighbors are. And how do you think this makes her feel, Alexis? Uh, She's wondering if this is her role. Am I? Why am I here with all these second families and girlfriends on the side? I'm a whole wife. Okay. And sneaky links. I'm a whole wife. <laughs> so Avi declares one day that she wants to enroll in fashion school. And her mother's always been so passionate about her education and even her career. So it seemed right that her mother would encourage her. But her mother's kind of angry. And she's like, you need to stay home and take care of your husband, your absentee husband. Mm-hmm. And Afi starts to feel like her mother's priority is no longer her daughter, but to please auntie. Mm hmm. Eventually, girl, one day at 11.36 p.m., guess who walks through the door with his fine self all glistening and carrying on. Anybody got time for him? Ellie. Yeah, he's he's still fine, okay? Okay. I don't know what to tell you. You can Mm -hmm. be mad at fine people only so long. (laughs) So he walk in and Avi is like, oh, I'm nervous. (laughs) She could barely open the door because her palms were sweating so much. (laughs) And the author does a really good job of making you Afi. <laughs> like all the um, insecurities are so reasonable. Everything is reasonable. I really feel this girl that I did not care about at the beginning of the book. <laughs> I, I am now her. her. I didn't feel these insecurities. <laughs> you, that I wasn't embracing them. You ain't supposed to. You always against a woman. <laughs> So eventually uh, she succeeds in opening the door and Ellie enters. Her mother makes conversation with him. Your wife cooks something for you, the mom says, and then nudges Afi like, go get that food, you dumb girl. (laughs) (laughs) So his chest and shoulders are broad. He has a beard. He's tall. Again, he's fine. Afi's mother's like, I'm going to just go let you kids, you know, talk, chat up, you know. I'm just going to make myself invisible. And she goes into the other room and Afi is left in the kitchen with her husband Hmm. awkward but he's kind remember he's 13 years older than her he has the Mm self-assurance he's fine Mm y'all so um he makes conversation with her in a very kind way a very sincere seeming way um and asks if there's anything she'd like to do to keep herself busy during the day (laughs) and she's like honestly i would like to go to fashion school He's like, great, this is amazing. So this is the first person besides her cousin, Mousy, who she still talks to and who's really encouraging um, to like uh, be positive about her goals. Mm -hmm. He promises to arrange help for her to find a school. And then what happens, Alexis? Ooh, he leaves. Right. He had to set her up because he's a businessman. I mean, a businessman. (sighs) Girl, he walk out the door and she wouldn't see him again for two months. Mm-hmm. He was a businessman. He's busy. Okay. However, he does call every day. They talk every day. So this is kind of like they're dating. Right. They're courting now. They're courting. Even though they're married. And I'm also, um, Afi, I'm like, well, let's say this woman, other woman didn't exist. I'm okay with this. Like, this is actually ideal. We're in arranged marriage. You wasn't even at our wedding. Let me just live in the house by myself for a while. And you just visit and call me every day. <laughs> that sounds lovely. And we lovely. can get to know each other. Huh? That sounds lovely. He was really it giving did. her a chance. 
The only thing wrong is the woman. So anyway, um, and this is when the bird in me jumped out and I was like, hey, where you where you come from? Indirectly, he let her know that they would not be living together and that she wouldn't see him every day. When her mother heard the news, she blamed Afi. She's like, what did you do in that kitchen? More (laughs) importantly, what didn't you do? I do not like this behavior. It is unflattering and despicable, in fact. And making all the onus on Afi. Like she has, I don't like that at all. Why aren't you enough to keep him home? Okay, so Yaya arrives. That's Afi's new sister-in-law and takes her to find fashion schools to enroll in. And one instructor was like trained in London, quite impressive. And she's only letting Afi in as like a favor to Ellie's family. That's how powerful they are. But her name is Sarah. She's very nice, very knowledgeable and will work with Afi to make her the designer that she wants to be. And she also has heard about Afi's skills. So this isn't charity work. Afi's really good. Over pasta, Afi chats up her sister-in-law and learns that Yaya lives near Ellie. And she's like, oh, you do? You live near my husband? And then Yaya looks down at her pasta and she goes, yeah, uh, 15 minutes away from your home. Oh. Girl, what? My husband lives 15 minutes away from me? And he can't find himself at my house? And I haven't seen him in two months. 15 minutes away. Okay. When Afi returns home, her mother torments her, lecturing how Afi's stubbornness will only create problems for her and for the entire family. Her mother's just breathing down her neck. Soon it's time for Afi's mother to leave, right? Because she can't live there forever. She can't, and we don't want her to. <laughs> we don't want her to. <laughs> so, no, nah, no, nah, you do. You want the parents involved in the marriage. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> Auntie arrives to pick her up, and before they depart, Auntie assures Afi and her mom that, no, this isn't Afi's fault though we told you that's a witchy woman that has absconded to Liberia with with Ellie's child did you know that she's kidnapped the girl went back to Liberia and he's stuck in a bad situation he just wants to end things properly there before he builds a new beautiful life with you beautiful Afi and Afi is beautiful like we talking about how fine Ellie is it's clear that Afi too is a catch so and the witchy woman's even like hire people to spy on Ellie since she heard about his marriage to Afi. So he just she he just want that witchy woman out y'all lives so y'all can have wonderful lives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Afi ain't no fool. I like Afi. I ain't gonna lie to you. So Afi's like, hmm, an ex-girlfriend is keeping him away from his wife. But she is kind of a fool because she go, how sad. <laughs> <laughs> And he's such a good man, just choosing to make things right for us. Mm-hmm. Oh, never mind, she mm-hmm. a fool. Mm-hmm. So the waiting continues, and Ellie assures Afi that she need not cook. <laughs> she, he like you cooking and cleaning every day. That's silly. You throwing away food because I ain't never gonna be there. <laughs> he said, "Don't cook until I say I'm gonna also, be there." I'll never ask you to. <laughs> he was sure about that. But they get along very well over their daily conversations. The only topic off the table is the woman. They talk about everything else. Um, even borderline, like romantically, they starting to talk now, right? So mm-hmm. Kiki it's been and two mu- cake and cake and right? Okay. Cake and right. <laughs> Back in the day, yo. Uh, Chicago. So it was two months since the wedding and she'd only seen him one time. The entire family is trying to assure, uh, like um, free him is the assurance from 
auntie. Mm-hmm. Avi was also spending time with Yaya, her sister-in-law. And one day Yaya brought her new sister-in-law to a, a friend's house party. And the people inside were obviously rich too. So she's meeting all Yaya's professional wealthy friends. So they're not just uh, trust fund babies. These are doctors, lawyers, and they're all young professionals like Yaya. And here at this party, Afi meets a guy named Abraham. Now, what do you think of Abraham in this book? I thought it was a setup that he was inserted. I was like, is Yaya trying to set her up with someone else? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that didn't really go. It was weird. But still, because he like he was he was into her and he wanted to come on to her like. Yeah, so we'll meet Abraham again later in the story, but they're just brief interchanges at parties. But he's mentioned by name and they have conversations. Um, I feel like I know why he's here, what what purpose he serves, but let's talk about that at the end. Anyway, still waiting. Aside from design school, Afi's days are spent waiting for something to happen in her marriage, in her life. She eventually pays a visit to Richard's girlfriend. Okay, so Richard is Ellie's brother. And he's got a secret girlfriend also in the complex in King's Court where Afi lives. Mm-hmm. But wait so a minute. R- r- this is mm-hmm. a point that I missed. He's, is he also married or no? So that's what I thought. And I wrote in my notes that he was married, but I don't think he's married. Yeah. No, no, no. Okay. He's not married. Yeah. Yeah. But this is a secret girlfriend. Um, and when the mother found out about her, he said he ended it. And now she just pays rent in that flat. That's a lie. <laughs> So uh, and that the, was determined to be a lie. <laughs> <laughs> so the girlfriend's name is Evelyn. And at first, um, Afi is like, should I even trust this girl? I need someone to talk to. I mm-hmm. need someone to vent my feelings to. I need a real human. I need a friend. And Evelyn positions herself as that. But there's also this mind, which rightly so, Afi's like, well, I don't know if she wants my position and if she is trying to, if she's a spy for the family. I don't know nothing about this girl. Uh, But there's something about Evelyn that she can't help being attracted to and like spilling her guts to to this girl. Yeah, she has that openness. That openness. Mm -hmm. um, And she really appreciates that. Yeah, Afi appreciates someone just being real and speaking flat and honestly about all things. But in this open communication, Evelyn mentions the woman's name. Uh-huh. Yeah. Ooh. Mm. Up until this point, she's only called the woman. Um, Afi has never heard her name mentioned and it kind of freezes her. She's kind of she goes cold. Afi decides Muna is an ugly name. It's like a lump or a person <laughs> who sat in the corner with spit dribbling out of their mouth. Because <laughs> she's been taught, she, a picture's been painted of the woman by the yeah. family. And when she hear Muna, she like, oh, that's a name for people that drool. <laughs> so, uh, ugly name for an ugly yeah. person. Hmm. But then um, Evelyn is like, I got to be real with you which I like about Evelyn. Um, me and Muna be kicking in. She cooled in the mud. I really like her. <laughs> and Afi is surprised. She's like, well, your experience has been different from literally everyone else's. Everyone. Um, yeah. But Afi loves hearing about Evelyn's life and everything she knows about Afi's life. So Evelyn's like, I know this about you, Afi. I know this. I know this. And because um, Richard, Richard tells me everything. <laughs> The pillow talk talk won't stop with the Richard. Richard be so, chatting her up and sharing stories and stuff with the family. All he from do the is family. talk. So the next day, Ellie shows up at her school, um, at Afi's school to take her to lunch. 
Mm. And they're staring at each other. They, she gets in the car. They're staring at each other. He is so <laughs> fine. He obviously is attracted to her. They talk about life. Mm. And she asks meekly, oh, please, where is your office? To her husband. But I got to remember they dated, basically. They dated. And so he's like, you know what? That's a great idea. You should start traveling with me um, for work. So he like really is making her the side piece, but whatever. Uh, this is his wife, okay? He's like, do you have a passport? And she's like, what's a passport? He's like, I'll get you one. And so he grabs her hand and he says, listen, I want to tell you I'm sorry. And you've been so patient and it's just going to be a little longer. I want to be with you. But my daughter Ivy is sickly and, you know, she lives with her mom. So... You know, it's complicated, but I'm going to make things right. Okay. What were you saying? A little longer for what? (laughs) And so she responds, Avi responds, okay. She wants to tell him that she will wait for him for as long as he needed. Okay. Because he's fine. (laughs) (laughs) For the first time in that moment, she felt like his wife. And they kiss Ooh. passionately. <laughs> kissy, kissy. In front of everyone at the restaurant. Oh. So how does he, she feel like his wife in this moment, even before the kiss, Alexis? It's the way he's speaking to her. They had already been communicating yeah. over the course. It looks like it's finally coming together. They're together. Yeah. He's expressing some, you know. <laughs> and, you know, she feels good about that. Well, when the mom hears about this lunch date and and she don't even tell her about the kiss, the mom is crying tears of joy. Praise him. (laughs) Thank goodness. Finally, Afi, you know what you're doing. (laughs) So um, Afi later learns that the woman is leaving him, but threatened suicide. So he had to rush back so that his daughter's mom wouldn't die so you know he's in a tough bind yeah she admires her husband for refusing to touch her until she he ends things with this terrible terrible woman yep what a honorable man (laughs) what an honorable man so ellie finally spends the night and afi is overcome with passion she never felt this way about anyone else he's not the first man she's been with but he's the first man to make her feel like this Mm. Um, then the next day she like oversleeps until 11 a.m. And she's mortified to awake to him making eggs. <laughs> he cooking breakfast, sis. That's not how she feels. She like, oh, my goodness. What kind of woman stays in bed till 11 and has her own husband making eggs? Thank goodness my mother isn't here to see this. Wow. The mom calls and confirms all the details of the night. She will tell everyone. (laughs) Okay. I can't imagine. I can't imagine. uh, Later on. Yay. Ellie brings a small toiletry bag into the home. (laughs) He's kind of moving in. He spends the night again, you guys. But this time he does not touch her. However, he is there in the house under the roof. Um, And then he starts spending every day with her. So they were talking every day. Now they're spending every day together. And guess what? Things are getting better and better. It's looking up. It's looking up. He is a joy to be around. He's kind and considerate to her. Uh, He's bringing her around his friends. She's like a part of his world. They're openly dating now. She is madly in love. But 
everyone, including the friends, including his colleagues, are aware of the woman in the room. So um, there's this conversation she overhears, like once they're all out with his friends, um, because so she's you know how sometimes when couples go out, the men go to one area and Mm -hmm. the women stay Mm -hmm. another area. So there's this pool at wherever they are. And she's with the women, with all the wives. And they're like, blah, blah, blah. Um, So you have Ellie all to yourself. And she's like, what an odd question. (laughs) Yeah. And they're like, good for you. (laughs) And, you know, it's like, oh, my goodness. So she like removes herself from the situation. She's like, I'll be right back. I'm never going to see y'all again today. She's like, they know she is obviously trying to get in my business. So I don't need to talk to them. So she goes, hides in like this corner of the uh, restaurant or whatever with a book. But then she overhears the gentleman Uh and they're like. Ellie, what you going to do with two wives? <laughs> and he's like, I'll figure it out. And they're like, my dad had to do that. And it was no way to live. And then another friend is like, listen, you the pride of the pack. You should have as many wives as you want. You Ellie, shoot. <laughs> and he's like, you guys, I'm going to figure it out. Don't worry about it. And um, Happy is like, I can't even move from this spot or they'll know I'm here. It's awkward. So listen, what uh-huh. were you thinking at this point, his thoughts were about having the two women. Oh, I thought this is um, his plan because he can't choose. Okay. Because I didn't think the woman was a witch. I don't think Muna is a witch and has him under his spell, but I think he is tied to her. I think it's a like Rihanna Carucci situation where he's like, I just want to, I want them both. And if they both have my kids, that would be great. And I don't want no static. I just want to do what I want. So at this point, you thinking he's, he just trying, are you thinking he's trying to break off the relationship? No, it don't do sound like that to you. Mm-mm. Okay. What about you? What do you think? Um, it was unclear, but it was definitely what was clear was that he had that other woman. It was active. It went looking like it was over for sure. Mm-hmm. It just. Do you think he even has intention of leaving the other woman I, I, ever? I thought for a moment, but then as I listened, I was like, wait a minute, that's too vague. He he with that woman. And I'm going to be somebody that want the kid to have both parents in the house. So right now, Afi doesn't have any children or anything. I want her to go find her own life. (laughs) And I want this man to be a man and to raise this daughter who he loves with this woman who he won't leave. And leave Afi alone. (laughs) But they didn't insert Afi. So back at home, he he starts to kiss her. Ooh! When Afi asks if the friends they met are also friends of hers. Reasonable question. So Afi's like, not friends of mine, but friends of the woman's. Are the friends we met today also friends with Muna? She don't say Muna. She says, you know, her. And he raises his voice for the first time and says, am I not here with you? And storms off. Afi sees her family's disappointment flash before her. She apologizes profusely. Um, yeah, reminder, Afi, st- I mean, Ellie still ain't living in the house. <laughs> he still don't live there. He has like a small bag and some things there, but he don't even live there. So anyway, Richard's girlfriend is the one that breaks the news to Afi. Look, girl, 
I'm going to tell you the truth. Moon is on vacation. <laughs> and I don't know what Ellie doing. Seem like he on vacation too, if you get my dress. <laughs> Moon, that low but down. Moon is coming back soon. And obviously, like, should I believe her? I don't know. Mm. I won't be able to sleep here regularly for a while, he said. I was sewing strips of Baltic onto a leather handbag that would be modeled in the Dakar show. I tossed the bag onto the sofa beside me. Why? Well, you know, I've already explained my situation to you. I told you that I was having some challenges. But that was before. Before you moved in. Before everything happened between us. And now all of a sudden you are telling me that you are leaving? The ferociousness of my response surprised me. I clasped my hands in an attempt to restrain myself to put my emotions in check. I didn't say I was leaving. Then what are you saying? I snapped and stood up. I had obviously failed in calming myself down. Afi, please understand. This is not easy for me either, he said, standing up too. Then why are you doing it? How can I understand when you haven't told me anything? Ellie, I don't know what is happening. I don't know. I don't know what you want. I don't know what you want me to do. I was gesticulating wildly as I spoke to him and tears were running down my face. I hadn't known that I could burst into tears so quickly. I'm asking you to be patient, he said. Haven't I been patient enough? I screamed, not caring if I upset him or my mother or his mother or his entire family. I am tired, Ellie. I am tired. I sobbed, snot mixing into my tears and ruining the perfect image I had presented to him since he first walked into the flat. He seemed surprised at my outburst, like he hadn't thought it possible for me to express anger. I'm sorry. I have to think about Ivy too, he said, trying to hug me. I sidestepped his embrace. You know she's sickly, he said in a pleading tone. I don't know anything. She has sickle cell anemia. She needs care. Why can't that woman take care of her? Afi, I have to be with her. She's my daughter. I'm going to the States tomorrow to bring them back. Them? I yelled. She needs her mother too. And how about me? How about what I need? I asked him as I wiped my face with my nightgown. It's temporary. I just need to sort things out with her. What things? Tell me. I don't want to get into that today. It's not going to do us any good, he said, looking at me as if I was being unreasonable. What was unreasonable about me wanting to share a home with my husband? What was unreasonable about me not wanting to share him with another woman? You can't do this, Ellie. You can't leave me. I was gripping the hem of his t-shirt now. Darling, don't be like this. It's only for a short while until I figure things out. He tried to frame my face with his palms, but I pulled away. What is a short while? How many days? How many weeks? I don't know yet. I just need time. Ellie, I love you. Please don't leave me. My tears were blurring my vision so much that I couldn't see the look on his face. All right, so what do you think about all the begging going on in the scene, Alexis? I don't like it. I don't like it. And I think that comes, like you said, all from the pressure that the families have put on her, the fa- the mom and the auntie have put on her, that she's got to 
take on this role and make sure he stays. She's got to be the one to put him right, essentially. I hate it. I don't know when as a society we decided that um, you weak if you have feelings, but she also loves this man. Yes. And she loves him and she's openly showing her love for the man that's supposed to be her husband. She begs him, please don't leave me. And I thought this type of vulnerable, I thought that this vulnerability is heartbreaking and so rare and raw to see anymore mm-hmm. um that it, it really hurt me i felt really sad for her for us because i'm afi now so i felt sad in her position yeah but then but i knew for sure that she had loved him at this point that she had yeah. fallen in love with him and i actually have a note in the book that she has fallen in love with him and that is how she could be so vulnerable with him even though i didn't like it it she was vulnerable and uh. but she had fallen in love and that's what happens when you fall in love yeah. Yeah. And um, sure, her duty to her family is also in her mind at the forefront. But I think more than anything, it's this love she has for him. She can't understand why this husband of hers won't leave this witchy poo woman. So anyway, he walks witchy away that night. Woman. So anyway, he leaves that night. Her mother calls and calls And when she finally answers, her mother asks, what did you do? Mm, mm, mm. Afi answers in the most perfect way, I thought. She said, I did everything you told me to do. I cooked and cleaned and smiled and spread my legs as wide as I could. And he still left. Mm. What kind of marriage is this? Is he a husband or a prize? Mm -hmm. Afi never felt as small as she does in this moment. She's madly in love with him. He was her husband and he was gone again. So Afi's reluctant to like draw close to Evelyn, Richard's girlfriend. Um, But Evelyn has like the best of both worlds in Afi's eyes. She's an independent, successful woman dating in a powerful family without the duties of a wife. Evelyn is the first person who helps Afi see another side to Auntie. Yes, Auntie is generous, but she's also controlling and cruel. For example, she won't let Richard marry Evelyn because years before Evelyn was even born, her father insulted Auntie. (laughs) And so Auntie is like, she probably got them same disrespectful ways. And so you can't never marry her. Yes, Evelyn warns Afi that the day you cross that woman, you will see fire. Afi feels like lost, but her spirits lift when she realizes she's pregnant. It's a boy. Ellie becomes more attentive. Mm -hmm. Um, He goes with her to the doctor's visits. He tells her all the time how much he loves her. And when she gives him an ultimatum that they are like at a turning point, Uh, up the point of no return she will not have the baby in a flat surrounded by second families and girlfriends (laughs) you are gonna take me your pregnant wife to your house (laughs) i'm gonna go to your house and give my birth to my baby there and ellie's like "Mm, why you tripping am i not here with you you having my baby i love you what more do you want you want everything Okay, so um, (laughs) Abby is like really holding her ground, standing her ground. She packs two large suitcases and returns to her mother's home. Ooh, 
Of course, of course, her mom is furious. She blames Avi for everything and even asks if this was her plan all along. Oh, what? 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 What would that be to come back here? And so it's heartbreaking how um, mean her mother is being when Afi's at her lowest point and pregnant. Um, So if Ellie wants her back, though, Afi, again, standing her ground, says that Ellie will have to come here to my mother's house and get me and bring me to his home. I'm never going back in that flat. I'm never going to see that place ever again. I know you love it because it's like a luxury hotel. You can stay there. Me and my husband going to stay in his house. Exasperated, the mother talks to Auntie and Auntie demands that the girl is set back to the flat. But Afi refuses. She like, y'all can say whatever y'all want. I'm sorry. You know, real tears. I really hate disobeying you, mom, because I respect you and I love you, but I'm not doing this. Afi's mother is mortified. Will her daughter actually shame her in front of Auntie after Auntie's done so much for them? The mother lets it slip that you've been listening to that girlfriend of Richard's to Evelyn. So they do kind of have like spies in the family seeing what she doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Afi's like, how do you even know about Evelyn? And Evelyn told me to stay with him. So before Afi left, we didn't touch on this, but Evelyn gave her a big speech about living your life in any way you want while publicly still being married to this man. He has money. He has influence use that to your advantage Mm -hmm. do not leave especially with your child Mm -hmm. and um one thing that stopped evelyn cold was afi confessing but i love him you don't know how it hurts to lie in our bed alone while he's with someone else Mm. he is my husband i love him i cannot stay i I will die i will die if i stay in this situation so the mother's like, you're a liar. <laughs> I know Evelyn told you to leave because she wants everything you have. OK. All right. Really? So then Afi confesses the same to her mother. And she's like, it's, you know, it's truly killing me if you care. And her mother, for the first time, consoles her. She does. And it's the first time we see her mother even try to put a foot on the other side in the point of view of Afi. So the mama, auntie, and Afi will have a meeting. Good morning, Afi. How are you? Please, I'm fine. Good. Sit down. She said, pointing to the empty chair next to my mother. Beside me, my mother sat on the edge of her chair, her hands tightly clasped to her lap. I hear that you have left your husband's house and have refused to return, she said without any inflection in her voice, as though she was asking me about the weather. I nodded, my words stuck in my throat. Why? I cleared my throat and told her what I had told my mother yesterday, but with fewer details and in a less defiant tone. And this is why you are refusing to go back home. Yes, auntie. She sighed with her whole body and appeared to sink into her swivel chair. My heart began to beat faster. When she spoke again, it was in the same calm tone. It is not right for you to come here and behave like this, to behave as if my son is some type of beast that has bitten you. Elikem has not done anything to you. 
How many men will do for you all that my son has done for you? How many? I've spoken to him and he's willing to take you back because of the child. So go home. Please, to Accra? Of course. Please, will I be moving to his house when I go back? For the first time, I saw a flash in her eye. I was pushing her too far. I said, go home. Please, Auntie, I cannot go back to that flat, I said, my voice quivering and my heart thumping. I heard my mother draw a sharp breath, but I refused to look her way. Are you telling me that you won't go? Auntie, please, my mother began, but the woman immediately raised a fleshy hand and my mother fell quiet. I ask you a question. Please, it's not that I don't want to go. It's just that it is what I explained to you. I was almost whispering. She swiveled her chair to face my mother. Olivia, do you hear what your daughter is telling me? Auntie, I have talked. I have said everything, but her ears are hard. I do not know what else to do. The tremor in her voice told me that tears were not far behind. She then turned to me, Afi, my daughter, my only child, I am begging you. I beg you in the name of God, go back to your husband. I shook my head. My eyes were now fixed on a spot behind Auntie's head. So you will disrespect your mother, Auntie said. I remained quiet. Okay, then go, she said. In a flash, my mother pushed back her chair and fell to her knees. Auntie, she is a child. She does not know what she is doing. I will talk to her. The woman abruptly stood up and my mother followed her lead. She's your daughter. Auntie tells the mother not to come to work or church until Afi returns to her son. <laughs> okay? Dang. So the, the home that um, Afi's mother lives in, the church that she attends, this woman's guild or whatever, and her job are all controlled by Auntie. And Auntie's like, all these things are in peril because your daughter is being foolish, disrespectful, and terrible. Okay? Mm -hmm. And if you allow this then I don't know if I should be generous with you. Mm -hmm. Eight days after Afi left, Ellie returns reluctantly to pick her up from her mother's house. He looks angry. He refuses to acknowledge her, but he does bring her to his home. It's full of stuff, like gaudy stuff to her. She's like, what these paintings on the wall, where they come from, who decorated this house? But I ain't gonna say nothing. Now. So she too. goes into their room. It's her first time being in their bedroom. And he is not there. He's in one of the guest bedrooms mm -hmm. and he locks his door. She barely sees him. So she goes from there being long breaks to seeing him. But when he is around, she sees him every day and they're together to this where they're living together. But she never sees him and he locks his door. Afi learns from Evelyn that Auntie told Ellie that he can't come to her funeral if he didn't take his wife home. That's the only reason her <laughs> husband came and got her. OK, he moved Muna out of the house. This is not what Afi wanted. She wanted to be his only one, his only wife. Ooh. The only thing that changed in their relationship uh, was the baby and the fall. So she has a fall on like some stairs and she falls on her stomach. 
The baby is fine. Um, but then Ellie becomes more attentive. He's like, okay, like, what do you need? He starts family. rubbing cocoa butter on her belly. Yeah, they're a family. Mm-hmm. For real? It's just regular stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like what a husband should do for his wife. Mm-hmm. He's finally doing those things. And uh, Afi's like, we're together. This is what I wanted. Um, anyway, also the mother is starting to see that auntie is not who they thought she was. And so there's this plot of land that Afi owns, I think, through her father. But it's something that's hers and hers alone. And she starts building a house on it very intelligently. And her mother is talking about moving in there as she should and no longer living in this house that auntie owns you know Mm -hmm. and relying on auntie also when their dad was alive her mom would make these like meat pies and so she's talking about starting that meat pie business again so it's like afi choosing not to just go with the flow of this family or what society expects for her is also giving her mother permission to be an independent woman also Mm -hmm. to be happy to be happy Mm -hmm. Afi graduates from her training as a seamstress and has on the same day of her class graduation, her beautiful baby boy. Six weeks later, she's working in her own boutique. Hey, she got six month old who she cares for mm-hmm. and she's got her own business. Life is looking and, up. Um, mm-hmm, yep. And her boutique is a raging success. Um, Ellie is by her side this entire time. They are a unit. They are a family. And speaking of family, Auntie is thrilled with her grandson. She tells Afi, good job. And Afi's irritated, like, I had his baby for you mm-hmm. and I didn't control that he was a boy. But it's clear that she loves his grandson more than she's loved any of her other grandchildren because it's her favorite son's son. And that's just too much for this selfish mama to handle. And so Auntie is like over their house all the time. She's completely enamored of the boy, chasing him around the house on her hands and knees and giggling when he like <laughs> throws stuff in his bag. You can tell he's bad, but he's so cute and everyone loves him. Um, and um, everyone seems to also have forgiven Afi for leaving temporarily back in the day. They don't even talk about that. Also with Afi and Ellie now being a proper family, the entire their, his entire family can come and go out of their house, um, which they couldn't do when the woman lived there. So now they're showing up at all types of hours. Their children are coming over all the time and are in, the, in their fridge uh, without asking. And it's just the way family is. And that is the way some families are. Mm-hmm. He, her husband is also over their house all the time. It's like they're a family again, all of them. And so we fast forward a year very quickly in the book. The baby is still perfect and super cute. Ellie loves bringing him to work even. Um, He tells her that the boy is no problem at work. Afi's mother is his um, main caretaker, which Afi loves because she didn't want to trust the boy to a stranger. Afi is a wonderful mom slash entrepreneur. She has a staff of tailors and the boutique is everything she's ever wanted. Her reputation is spreading. She adds handbags and jewelry to her collection. Her signature is like feathers and beads and leathers. Celebrities are wearing her name. The first lady is even sending her assistant over to buy things from Afi. And she's even being like knocked off by other designers. Mm. So um, Richard begins dating. So Richard, remember, is Evelyn's boyfriend. Uh, He's also... Ellie's brother, Mm -hmm. he begins dating a woman publicly that Auntie approves of while still spending every night at Evelyn's. And um, Ellie was still spending time with the woman and his daughter at this point. So nothing's changed. And Afi starts thinking in her mind like, well, in my life, I am this girl that Richard is publicly dating and the woman is Evelyn. 
And I love Evelyn. She's my friend. I'm starting to see that maybe things aren't as people are painting them, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But um, Ellie is a kind husband when he's around and a dutiful father. Um, And Afi's like, bring your daughter around. I want her to meet her brother. I want us to be a blended family. That's just the right thing to do. And so he keeps putting it off. He's like, maybe, whatever. So um, (laughs) uh, there's still no legal church wedding. You know, they're still under the traditional wedding. She rarely thinks about that now, though, until they start planning for a trip to Paris. And she tells her cousin, um, Mousy, I'm going to propose to him and it's going to be playful, but I mean it. I want to have a legal wedding with my legal husband. But before Paris, she needed to head a photo shoot for a new ad campaign. Everything is fabulous at the photo shoot. The girls, the models look like works of art and the baby salon is behaving well. Then a child outside starts crying and a woman is walking away with the child by the hand. Afi goes outside and learns that the photographer had hit the child on the head and that its mother had come to grab her, the the girl. Um, And so Afi's like, why did you do that? First of all, you could have just asked her to leave and you better be glad that the mom didn't call the police on us. I'm going to go to the mom's house and apologize on your behalf. And, um... Dun-dun-dun-dun. Yeah. I decided to go over to apologize to the woman. The house next door was a replica of the one we had rented. My arms were aching by the time I got there. Salorm, now asleep, was heavy, his head on my shoulder. The glass door was open and high life music played in the background. The woman met me at the door. Hello, she said, looking puzzled. I figured strangers didn't come to her door often. Hi, I responded, staring at her. I don't think I'd ever seen a more beautiful woman in my life. Not in person, anyway. She had the darkest skin I'd ever seen, but it glowed. I imagine that is what gold would look like if it were black. She had a heart-shaped face and high cheekbones and was slim and much taller than I was. Her limbs made me think of the ballet dancers I glimpsed on TV as I clicked through channels. I imagined that she did everything gracefully. A flowing, ocean blue halter neck dress billowed around her in the sea breeze and she was barefoot. I could build my entire ad campaign around her. It would be unfair to place any other models beside her in the shoot. Behind her, Four children were bent over a large jigsaw puzzle on the floor. I immediately knew which one was hers. I'm from next door. I came to see if your daughter is okay. I said while doing my best not to gawk. She took a step back into the house and I realized that my staring was making her uncomfortable. I too took a step back. She's okay. Thanks for coming. There was no reason for him to touch her. She would have moved if he had asked. I don't know why people behave like this. She didn't sound Ghanaian. That's what I told him. I'm so sorry. I appreciate she began, but was interrupted by someone inside the house. Babe, who is it? It's someone from next door. She yelled back. Even her yell was graceful, smooth like a musical note. 
Who? he asked. Walking out of the kitchen, he stopped when he saw me. Afi? Ellie. Then her baby stretches out both hands to the woman, Tamuna. Obviously, Salone knew her. That means that Ellie had been bringing the child around the woman and Ivy, but not bringing Ivy around Afi and Salome. This was not a woman a man just left. She later finds text messages in her husband's phone, many sent while he was in bed with Afi. Mm. So, Alexis, do you think I should spoil the decision that Afi makes, what she does next, or should I end here? No. Don't spo- Keep going. Don't spoil it. Okay. Okay. Sorry, listeners. You want to know what Afi chooses to do in her life? Read the book. However, we know you've already read the book. What did you think of her decision? Mm-hmm. Let's take a break. All right. Let's do it. Alexis, what did you think of His Only Wife by Peace Adjo Medie? And would you recommend this book? Um, I like the character arc of, um, I like seeing it. I feel like this was like the first time I really see people develop in the story. It was so clear. I had no interest in Afi in the beginning of the book. And in the end, I'm like crying. I was crying. Like I felt her pain, her successes, her seeming failures. I agree with you. Her character arc was amazing. Yeah, that I thought that was good. The story, I the story was great. Um, The little details and intricacies having Evelyn in there. I love how Evelyn, this is a part that stands out to me. Evelyn was like, don't don't take your frustration out of me, okay? This don't do that. Um, we can yeah. talk, but girl, I'm not even the one you mad at. I like Evelyn. <laughs> I like Evelyn a lot. Mm-hmm. But here, hearing uh, the story about the the mothers and their personalities and how they worked, um, that was very interesting to me. I really enjoyed the book, and I would definitely recommend it. There are some, you know, some romance scenes in here. <laughs> there are in there um Mm -hmm. but it was a great book I think it's one of those books you like to refer to as a beach read it's short uh, easy read and I was like engaged engaged and it it grew the engagement grew the more I read it so I I really enjoyed it I would recommend the book how about you Kari how would you recommend it I agree um, I agree. Yes, I would. I agree with you, too, that it's a beach read that's not just fluff because it made me reflect on, you know, my relationship, mm-hmm. my family and um, my place in um, the society I'm a part of. So I really enjoyed this book. Um, it is a book that will mean more to you if you put yourself in the character's shoes. Agreed. If you're just reading this as if it's something that has you know, you can't relate to at all, then it'll be boring to you. But for me, as soon as I put myself in it, I was like when she was in her bed alone, wanting her husband who was with this witchy poo woman and their sickly kid, 
I felt for her. Mm-hmm. She loved him. What what can she do? And everyone's justification fell to the side once she said, I love him. Yeah. I can't do nothing y'all telling me to yeah. do because I love him. And love is honorable because it's my husband. And the part <laughs> when she when she first expressed this and she was like, don't leave. Um, when she first was just like, I, I can't believe you going back after all of this. I did. I did everything. Mm-hmm. That to me was so well written and emotional. Yeah. I was like, she loves him. She has really fallen in love. They have dated and she has fallen in love with her husband within the marriage. It's very, mm-hmm. I just love that part. And the thing is that I thought was really interesting. What she decides at the end of the book works. Um, but it wouldn't have worked if she had been this materialistic um, kind of puppet for the family that everyone wanted her to be. Like Evelyn didn't want her to just be a tool for the family, Mm-mm. but she did want her to just think about the money. Mm-hmm. And then Auntie and her mom wanted her to just think about what the family wanted. If she had listened to either of them, then at the end of the book, she would have been lost. Mm -hmm. She wouldn't have had any drive or direction, but she was still an intelligent woman. And because her relationship with her husband was based on her love for Mm -hmm. him, then the decision she was able to make, even painful as it was, she was able to do with strength. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I feel like she is going to be fine. And I think Abraham is thrown in our face a couple times as a reminder that she is young and has options. Ah, in life. okay. I see that. I see that okay. because he popped up later. Like, hey, oh, I didn't know that was your husband. And she was like, um, I'm big and pregnant. He's like, mm-hmm, you looking good. <laughs> no, he's, like, he's like, there's a, a chemistry yeah. there. Um, well, is yeah, it? Because she was always just looking at him. Because she's a good wife. She ain't trying <laughs> to be flirting with him and he's not necessarily flirty he's just like interested yeah in interested definitely interested i love the book i did i really enjoyed yeah. it um definitely recommend it um, with the note of the intimacy scenes intimate scenes mm-hmm. yes but definitely would recommend yeah. the book it was a good one yeah yeah, I agree. I would recommend this also. And um, I loved how it explored without being preachy um, this woman's role in a very selfish family, um, her role with the uncle who always wanted something from her but gave nothing, the auntie who only wanted something from her uh, but cared nothing about her feelings, and even Ellie who may have loved her but didn't love her on her terms who was unwilling to be truthful with her and truly show love for her. That's what I'll say. Like, even though he was kind and thoughtful, he wasn't showing love to his wife uh, because he wasn't truthful with her. He had loved the woman and he wasn't strong enough. He had chosen not to be strong enough to tell his mom, I'm going to marry Muna. I love her. I ain't never leaving her. This yeah. is it. Yeah, And Muna was painted as being evil because she wasn't standing for everything that Afi was standing for. She wasn't going to allow them to come in and out of her house or do whatever they wanted with her baby. She didn't follow the tradition. <laughs> and she, just had, she didn't follow that. And so if she was tired, she would kick everybody out like, y'all been here all day. I'm going to sleep. <laughs> Whereas Afi would have to just lock herself in her room and try to be quiet while they was playing games in the living room, you know, mm-hmm. all night, every day. So um, the woman just wasn't what wasn't the puppet that Auntie wanted her to be. Um, so they decided that she was a witch. 
And so, yeah, the only person strong in this story uh, was Afi. Yep. You know, in a lot of ways. Um, And that gave her mother permission to also be happier and stronger. So, yeah, I love this book. Full circle. Loved it very much. Well, what are we reading next week, Kari? American Spy. Yep. And that is by Lauren Workerson. So thank you for listening to Lit Society. We look forward to meeting up with you next week, Thursday. Lit Society is brought to you by Alexis Anaria and Kari Herrera. Support the cause by leaving a five-star review for our show on Apple Podcasts, along with a comment about why you absolutely love us, because we love you too. And then also you can leave a rating, a five-star rating on Spotify. If you enjoy what you just heard, tell a friend about Lit Society. Visit LitSocietyPod.com for show notes, this month's book list, and to sign up for our amazing email newsletter. And until next time, read something. Read something.